Did you hear them swing that? <laughs> Blessings upon Tweedledum and Tweedledee and that. (laughs) Well, since he spoke up, I'll start with a story about us. I may have told you before, but we've gotten into a habit of watching the Great British Bake Off. Some of you may be into it as well. When it's here in America, they can't use the word bake-off because Pillsbury has trademarked that term. So in, over here on this side, stateside, it's the Great British Baking Show. But um, they take 10 to 12 amateur bakers, and um, there are two comedians that kind of keep the show running, and then two chefs who are the antithesis of each other, um, who judge different baking that they do. And they go out to some fabulous estate in the UK and set up a tent. It's kind of based on uh, a lot of the imagery of of the village fets that they have, bunting everywhere. And um, our daughter tried to convince us to watch it. She was deeply into it and knew all the characters. Okay, we'll watch. And now we've pretty much watched every season. But it's become the go-to. So if we watch something that's dark and hard to watch or the news of the day is dreadful, this is now our version of a glass of wine or a beer. We'll watch a little snippet of the Great British Bake Off because it lifts our spirits and is wacky and they intersperse all the episodes. It's so British. They intersperse episodes with little bucolic shots of sheep and bees and it is so un-American in its whole timbre and it's competitive but it's not. Not at all. So with this, um, I mean, I think about it during the day. I'm thinking about jelly rolls and making cakes. And and I read recently that the Dalai Lama was invited to be a judge on an Australian uh, cooking show. And the Dalai Lama said, yes. I mean, ooh, to be a judge, you get to eat all this great stuff. (laughs) The Dalai Lama is smart. (laughs) Lest you need to know that. So, but here's what's funny is he says, okay, I'll be a judge. And he goes on. And then he says, but I can't tell you which one I like more than the other. (laughs) He says, because as a Buddhist monk... 
I'm taught not to judge one piece of food <laughs> over another. I'm going to have to look up. I haven't looked on YouTube to see him saying this. I've just read about it. But he's right. Part of it, part of it is the Buddhist tradition. Uh, as a monk, they are, um, you know, about begging bowls. They don't buy food. They accept what is given to them. Ooh, how hard is that for those of us Americans to consider accepting whatever is given to us? I think I've told you this before. I have a dear friend who's a minister, and his spiritual practice is to open the menu, and the first thing that catches his eye is what he orders. So anti-American, just to accept what you're given. There is bounty here. Someone's going to fix it for you. But it's the Buddhist deep Buddhist principle of not judging. That's not exactly the right term, just so you know. In fact, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the whole unraveling of the Buddhists make the claim that life is suffering. Life is suffering. But what Buddhism claims to correct or, or allow an antidote to is there are ways to decrease that suffering. So there will always be pain, always be pain in life. But it's when we judge that pain, when we say, I don't want this pain anymore, I don't want, I want instead, that we add to this pain a layer of suffering. So they talk a lot about judgment. There's a 6th century Chinese Chen Zen Buddhist text. To set up what you like against what you don't like is the disease of the mind. Think about that for a minute. That we go about the world, I know I do, and I, I'm, I'm always surprised when I realize, oh, that was a judgment. Oh, wait, that was a judgment. That I, I'm always separating things into, I hate this, I love this. And that's a false understanding of the world and a false understanding of yourself because it inevitably splits people. I like you, meh, not so much. (laughs) I like this politician, but not that one. For mothers, we get asked all the time, which one do you love most? So it's not about, um, people confuse this instruction to not be attached as detachment. And that's not the same thing. I I think we're human animals and there's no way not to judge. But we have to pay attention and notice all those judgments. So we're not detaching from a judgment. We're we're avoiding getting caught up in it. Am I making sense? It's a a fine line. Um, The Pali word is upekka. 
which means equanimity or non-attachment. And the connotation of that particular word in translation is to be back and away and up on high and see things from afar. Those of us who've taken some group um, leadership, church leadership training, were taught to step back and go up on the balcony and look down on the situation or the issue or the problem. I have a friend who says, let's think about this in geologic time, shall we? <laughs> let's think about this in cosmic time. And that does, it melts away the immediacy of our judgments and our attachment to the outcome. Susan's story, I didn't know what story she was telling, but on some level it was about our attachments to outcome and having to get to a certain place. I think I've done my worst ministry here. All the times I think, we have to be going over there. Come on. But I do it in a way that I'm attached to the outcome. Because it's Mother's Day, because the symbolism of the flowers, aren't those stunning? I realized I had judgments about flowers. And it wasn't until I came to Hope Church and started parking my car at the bottom of the hill, I thought irises were stupid grandmotherly flowers. (laughs) You didn't hire a smart minister, I'll just say that. Um, And I don't know where that value, it's, it's an attachment to a judgment. It's a judgment based just on, I can't even begin to tell you what it was based on. And it wasn't until I started walking up the hill that I realized iris smelled, that they have this glorious aroma. I had no idea. And now I um, participate in thievery and walk up the hill and will liberate a few of them, especially if they've fallen over (laughs) and put them on Maggie's desk or my desk because they fill up the church with this aroma that is stunning. I know, it's a silly example, but how many of those similar judgments about people, about situations, about things, about events, do I carry with me? How many other ways do I treat the world like an iris that I'm dismissive because I don't see its full value? Because I've already made up my mind. I've already judged it. And it goes directly to our principle that we are all connected. Because the minute you do this parsing of, I like this but not that, you've A, brought forward your ego, the one that does the judging, and you've separated yourself in some way. I'm not evil like this person. I'm kind like this person. See when I'm see how the judgment creates a world of division. And we live in this world with increasing division. So we have to look at all the ways that we can disrupt that separateness, that giving into our egos and our judgments. And we have to pay attention. And all the time we're saying, I don't want to judge, so I'm not going to judge is also a judgment. 
It's tricky stuff. It's nuanced. It is. Part of, um, part of the ground upon which one can begin to let go of this judgment is to always be curious and to always notice the ways that you're judging. All the ways you think one flower is more beautiful than another, one child, one person. I was going to make a pitch for something that's been on my heart because I keep trying to figure out, okay, so how can we take our spiritual principles and put them out in the world in a way that changes the world? And I'm worried about education and I keep thinking about what our legislators are doing and I keep thinking about all the judgments I have about them. And I want to split them into good and bad, evil and not, and I'm not sure that's helpful. So I keep wondering, how can we as a church remain curious about what's happening in our city, state, nation? And I'm going to make a pitch for us all to go sit in on a, it's not a workshop, it's a session where David Blatt is going to explain what he thinks happened with raising uh, trying to the teachers walk out trying to raise funds and the legislators and I appreciate so we're a member organization of action and I appreciate that they try they try to live out this principle of non-attachment in that they say we have to listen to every politician and we have to maintain a relationship with every single official every single person with and without power. Because I may be on your side in this issue, but I may not be. I may be on your side in this issue. But I want to stay in relationship. It's as close as I have found to that Buddhist sensibility of non-attachment. So I have a sign-up sheet. There'll be one out there for... We're just going to go sit and listen on May 24th if you want to see what it might look like to hear someone unpack what happened with our legislators and how to be open-hearted to that and what to do next. So this notion of being unattached isn't about being passive. People get confused that, well, if I don't, if I don't have judgment, then everything is fair game and right. No, no, that's not true. It doesn't mean you don't know right from wrong. It doesn't mean you don't make choices. It means you're aware of how you make those choices and what drives you to make those choices and what the ego part of you is that is making those choices. In fact, it opens up the world to possibilities because when you're driven by your judgment, I don't like irises, they are stupid flowers, you don't see the possibilities. So on Mother's Day, and our day of flower communion, may you begin to notice all your judgments. And know that they're okay. It's okay to have a preference. I prefer eggs benedict over scrambled eggs, note to self. 
but my preference is different than insisting I have to have what I've judged as right and otherwise I won't be okay. So may you go about your week noticing your judgments and preferences and see that the world has infinitely more possibilities than you imagine. May it be so.